0: This is Rev. Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Camp Brown. and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. This morning we come to the close of this series of messages on the beautiful 23rd Psalm. We've had the opportunity during these past weeks to come to know, to love, to appreciate our Lord in a better way. There's so much that David tells us about God in these six verses, these 118 words. In the opening statement, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. David really says volumes about our God. If we could outline these on a screen, You might make one column on the left entitled the Lord, and then on the right, another column, my shepherd, and see how it works when these are put together. Under the Lord, write his divinity, and then under my shepherd, put his humanity. Under the Lord, his transcendence, that means far away, and under my shepherd, he is his eminence. He's nearby God with us. Uh, on the left, He is beyond us, and that's true. But on the right, He is among us. Uh, on the left, the Lord is in heaven. On the right, put, He is in our hearts. On the left, put, Under the Lord, He is the Creator. And on the right, He is a companion. And finally, on the left, put, He is above us. And then on the right, He is beside us. David is boasting in this opening statement about how wonderful God is, how wonderful it is to have the Lord so near. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, the one who made the world and everything in it, the one who lit the sun, put the stars in their places, that's my shepherd. The one who threw a carpet of green grass on the earth and tacked it down with beautiful flowers. The one who scooped up the valleys and piled up the hills The one who took song of the seraph and robed it in feathers and gave us the nightingale the one who took the rainbow and wove itself into a scarf and threw it around the shoulders of a dying storm that's my shepherd it is the same one who opens the doors of dawn in the morning and floods the world with light and beauty that's my shepherd and at evening he pulls down the shades of night and sets it aglow with sunset fire that is my shepherd. The words of Martinez, who wrote that beautiful statement. In this closing message on the 23rd Psalm, I want to share with you some illustrations which have come to my mind during the course of much reading and research I have done in preparation for this series. I read a marvelous story about Sir Wilfred Grenfell, who was a medical missionary of another generation, In his later years, he came to the United States and to a church in Miami, Florida, where Dr. Roy Angel was pastor. Dr. Angel tells this story. When Dr. Grenfell was a medical student in London, he went to one of the great revival services conducted by Dwight L. Moody. During the invitation, he was greatly moved. Standing next to him was a young sailor who said to this unknown medical student, I am so moved. I want to give my heart to Christ and serve Him. I don't know how I can do it in the Navy, though. They'll make fun of me and ridicule me. But I'm going to live for God. I want to make that commitment today. Dr. Grenfell said, I'm going to be a doctor. I hope I can make it, and I want to give my life to God. I'm willing to go as a missionary anywhere. That's what he said to the young Navy man. And then the two men parted ways. Dr. Grenfell went to Labrador, a little icebound subcontinent inhabited by fishermen who were ignorant and poverty-stricken. They had no missionary and no doctor. They had a smattering of Christianity, and they did have a little church, but there was nobody there to lead the church or the people. Dr. Grenfell said that there were hogs running loose, yet the people were starving to death for for meat to eat. When asked why they didn't eat the hogs, they said, they're sacred. They will contaminate us and destroy us. Why did the people think this? The hogs broke into church on one occasion and ate the Bible. These people believed that the hogs had thereby become holy since eating the word of God. And they thought if they ate the hogs, it would defile and destroy them. Dr. Grenfell was so moved deeply by that superstition, poverty, medical needs there in Labrador. He went home to London. He raised money. He bought a ship and he converted that ship into a hospital boat. It was his plan to sail up and down the coast of Labrador and minister to all these people and preach the gospel of good news of Jesus Christ to them. But now his problem was how to get that ship to Labrador. He could not find a captain. He ran an ad in the paper, but there were no takers. The newspaper thought he was a fanatic and wrote a story about him. One day, a a sea captain came to him and asked, what is your object, your purpose? To get this ship to Labrador, and I need somebody to sail it, was Dr. Grenfell's reply. The captain said, you can get it there, but I need to know what your purpose is. Dr. Grenfell then told him, I'm a missionary. I want a hospital ship to go along the coast in the name of Christ and to minister to those people. The captain said, I am the captain of that large ship over there, and we're going to be sailing that way, and we will take your little boat alongside ours. Then the captain explained why he was willing to help. This captain of the ship said, some years ago, during a revival, when Dwight L. Moody was in London, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ, and I've been trying to be a Christian seaman ever since. I've been praying that God would let me use my vocation for his glory, so I'll help you get that ship to Labrador. Then Dr. Grenfell spoke. I was in a meeting, standing beside a sailor. Then the two discovered that the same two men had stood side by side, not even knowing each other's name, but the good shepherd was in front of them in their future. He brought them together to know Christ and to make a commitment that they could share together in the furtherance of the gospel. Yes, you see, when our good shepherd goes before us to lead us all along the way, we may not be able to know just how he's leading, but he does lead Dr. Wayne DeHoney tells about a surgeon who had just performed two emergency operations, and he was now scheduled to operate for a third time that day, this time on a 23-year-old young girl. The surgeon felt like saying, I just can't do it. Let's put it off, that surgery till later. The other two surgeries had taken much out of him, long surgeries they were. But he realized he could not do that professionally. He had a medical, a moral responsibility to this 23-year-old girl. She needed to have surgery right now, and he was the only one available. So he walked into the operating room. Just as they were getting ready to administer the anesthetic to this young girl, he looked down at her. He saw this beautiful, bright, smiling young woman. The anesthesiologist was saying, Now, I want you to breathe deeply. I want you to start counting for me. But the girl stopped him. She said, before you start, I wonder, would you mind my saying the 23rd Psalm? The doctor said, oh yeah, please do. It might do us all good. And so she started out, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The doctor said a strange hush Fell over all the personnel in that operating room. There was a quietness that was almost eerie. You could hardly hear anyone breathe. It was so quiet. She went on, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And when she finished reciting the psalm, she said, All right, I'm ready. The doctor said, Honey, God and you and I are going to handle this. Don't worry. Everything is all right. The doctor said a strange new power came into him, a new strength in those few moments of rest and quietness in the presence of God. He said, I was a new man with my faculties and abilities at their peak. I never felt more adequate as far as my training was concerned and I never felt surer of the presence of God in my life than I did at that moment. He said, I discovered for the first time in my life the power that comes through a moment of rest and meditation waiting upon God. And the doctor concluded by saying, now I do it every time I recite the 23rd Psalm when I go into that operating room. Whatever our work is, whatever our problems may be, The Lord has promised to bless us, to guide us, to walk with us. A businessman who had faced many decisions, many problems in his life, found himself on the verge of what he thought was a nervous breakdown. He went to a doctor who talked with him and and helped him, but finally said, you know, I think your problem is a spiritual problem too. I suggest that you talk with your minister, said the doctor. So the man went to see his pastor, and after they had talked for some time, the minister said, I want to give you a prescription just like the doctor has given you a prescription. So the preacher took a piece of paper and wrote out his prescription, and it read as follows. Read the 23rd Psalm five times a day for the next three weeks. Read it the first thing in the morning when you get up. Read it after breakfast. Read it at lunchtime. Read it at dinner time in the evening then read it just before you go to bed. The preacher instructed him also, take about five minutes to think about what that 23rd Psalm says. Let each word soak in. You do this five times a day for the next three weeks, then I want you to come back and see me. The man agreed to do it. He had doubts, had doubts about its effectiveness, but he did it, and he came back in three weeks. That preacher was Dr. Charles Allen, a great Methodist minister in Houston at that time. Dr. Allen said, when that man came back, his life was transformed. He was absolutely changed. He had a new grip on life. He had faith, courage, and hope. Dr. Allen said he also once prescribed this 23rd Psalm to a woman who said, oh, preacher, I just don't have time to read it five times a day. I'll tell you, I'll just read it five times at one sitting, but that doesn't work. He said, it's like medicine. You take it five times a day, once every three hours. You don't take it all at one time. It has to be spread out. Maybe some who are listening to my voice right now feel that you're facing some specific problem area in your life. Why not try this prescription? You don't have to tell anybody about it, what you're doing, unless you want to. But if you find it works for you, then maybe you want to tell somebody. There's another beautiful story about the 23rd Psalm, a story you may have heard. I think I first heard it from Angel Martinez, whose thoughts I've already shared with you some during this series. Actually, the story is over 100 years old. It seems that an English preacher told it 150 or 200 years ago. It's a story about a little shepherd boy named Jamie. He was just an ignorant, unlearned, underprivileged shepherd boy of the countryside. He lived with his mother, a widow, who was very poor. An illness had come upon Jamie, and now he lay dying. The minister came to talk with Jamie about life eternal, about heaven, about trusting Christ as his Savior. Jamie was hardly old enough to understand, but the preacher sensed that he could understand enough to be saved. And so the minister said to him, Jamie, I want to teach you something. You're just a shepherd boy. And I want to tell you about the good shepherd, the great shepherd, who will look after you in the days ahead when this life is all over. His name is Jesus, and he wants to be your shepherd. I want to teach you a Bible verse, Jamie. The Lord is my shepherd. Just five words. But Jamie couldn't quite learn it. And the preacher said, well, I'll tell you what, Jamie, do it this way let one finger stand for each word. And so with that, Jamie learned the verse and recited. A few days later, the mother came to the minister and said, Jamie is dead. Would you come and have the funeral? The minister agreed. Then the mother said, you know, it was strange when he died. His hands were found in a strange position. When he died, we found this hand firmly holding on to that finger, one hand holding on to the finger on the other hand. What do you suppose that meant, preacher? She asked. The preacher explained, I know. As the time came when Jamie thought he was dying, he was saying to that Bible verse I taught him, he was holding on to the most important part of that verse, the Lord is my shepherd, the fourth finger. He was holding on to God's promise as he died. I want to conclude this morning with a story about a great actor, great lecturer, who used to go from place to place reciting poetry and prose and great dramatic monologues. He knew Shakespeare, he knew all the rest of the great authors. And one night in his presentation, this great lecturer, great actor said, I'm going to close my performance tonight with a religious number. I want to recite for you, the audience, the 23rd Psalm. And so with his tremendous voice, with great power, with a great skill, this great actor and artist only could display, he delivered the 23rd Psalm. And when he finished reciting the Psalm, there was a hush. And then the people in the audience rose to their feet and applauded enthusiastically. Oh, what a performance. Then the actor heard that there was also someone else in the audience who knew this psalm, and so they called on this elderly, retired missionary to come up and recite the psalm also. Bent and feeble, old, having to have assistance in getting to the stage, he came to the platform. With a weak and a broken voice, he began to recite the 23rd psalm. The people listened as his faltering voice sometimes broke, but great feeling came through his words. And when he finished, the people sat in silence. Instead of rising to their feet to applaud him, they sat weeping, greatly moved. Someone said, what happened here? This last performance of this old man though he did not have a great voice. He was not schooled in dramatic speaking, yet somehow he was the one who moved the audience the most. What was the difference? The answer came back, the first man, the great orator, knew the 23rd Psalm. The second man, the old feeble man, knew the shepherd of the 23rd Psalm. As we've been looking at the Psalm during these five Sundays, you may be able to say, Yes, I know the 23rd Psalm. But as we have come today to the close of this series, maybe you want to know more, pers- know more personally the shepherd of this Psalm, Jesus Christ, our Savior. As you do that, you will find increasing fullness and joy in life. May that be true of each of us today. Father, thank you for this beautiful Psalm, and most of all for the shepherd of the Psalm, Jesus Christ.